0: Hello, Relentless family. Oh, it is so great to be back another Thursday. You guys know this is my favorite day of the week where we get relentless. We start to work on our best selves, walk in our purpose, love ourselves unconditionally, and... Enter our calling on our life. There's no better way to be relentless by actually walking the walk and talking the talk. And we are doing that today and we do it every single Thursday and every single day of our lives. You know me by now. I am your host, Kenyatta. I am also the counselor and founder of Relentless Counseling. And guys, I have to apologize to you. I did not put any content out this week For our topic today. So I know no one has no clue what we're talking about today. My apologies, but we are here. We still keep moving. That's why we're relentless. Right? So today we are talking about a very powerful topic. We are talking about domestic violence. It is October. I know we are almost at the end of October, but we are talking about domestic violence awareness because that's the month that we're in. We're in domestic violence awareness month and we're going to be talking about this topic In two different ways. Tonight is part one. We're talking about domestic violence from the women's point of view, from how we struggle and deal with domestic violence in our experiences. And then we're going to come back on another episode and talk about it from a male's point of view. And guys, today I am not by myself. I do have a guest with me. She is amazing. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. But we're going to get really deep and vulnerable in our conversation today. So get ready. If you need a pen and paper to take notes, go ahead and grab it now. And then I'm going to introduce you to my friend who's here with me, who's also, a, a, in a way, a colleague. We're, we work in the same field. So i to let her introduce herself.
1: Hello, Relentless fam. This is Rashada Jordan. I am a physician assistant. I do specialize in psychiatry. And like Kenyatta said, we are definitely, definitely colleagues. Um, We fall into the same work. I work hand in hand with therapists all the time. You cannot do medication management without therapy. Um, I also have my CAQ in psychiatry, and I also do substance abuse as well. Um, And I am honored to be with you guys today and talking about such a transparent um, topic. And I don't know how you can talk about it without being authentic because everybody has their own story. But I'm super excited to be here with you guys today. So, Kenyatta, thank you for having me and sharing your audience with me. I also have my own podcast. Uh, It's called God Coffee and Resilience Podcast by Reese. Um, You can find me there um on apple podcast and across all platforms as well so i'm excited to be here awesome thank you so much
0: now i call her reese so she gave her her government name but i'm gonna call her reese if that's okay with her all right so definitely guys you know i am all about support and love this is not a competition of podcasts it's never a competition so please check out her podcast guys i have checked it out It is amazing. I know I gave y'all another shout out to another one of my friend Ben's um, podcast last week. This week, check out Rashada's podcast. It's great. I got a lot out of it. I I felt warm and excited, rejuvenated when I listened to it. So definitely check her out. It's amazing. And we'll put it um, on my Facebook page, a link to her um, podcast on my Facebook page as well. So you guys can check her out. But today we're talking about a real deep topic. We're talking about domestic violence and You guys know my story. I have been in a toxic domestic violence relationship and it is not easy to be in it. I am just thankful and grateful to God that it happened. I got out quickly, but it doesn't always happen like that for everyone. And because, you know, we started off, we talked a little bit at first about how we're colleagues and we work with mental health. So we see so many different types of populations and Reese, I know, I hear this all the time from clients and from people that I see. Do you see it all the time too? All the time.
1: If not, like, not as prevalent as some other things, but definitely I do see a lot of domestic violence, especially in our younger um, women. Definitely. I very seldomly see men that come in and admit that because, you know, the men thing with the Mm -hmm. pride and things. And some men will come in, you know, and talk about it. I just haven't encountered that yet, but Um, mostly young women um, and uh, two or three older women I've come encounter with that uh, were in domestic situations. Yeah, So we see a lot of things a lot in our field.
0: You deal with substance abuse a lot, too. So a lot of things can be wrapped in other things that may not be the prevalent issue but it can be there. And we're going to talk about statistics today, what what nationally, what is going on around the world with domestic violence. We're going to talk about that today. But just before we talk about the statistics, that we know this is something that everyone is not open to talk about. So we are going to be getting real dirty with our relentless behavior today because that's what we do. And we're relentless. We put everything on the table and we learn how to be vulnerable and take everything that it is. If I didn't have my story of my situation that happened to me, I wouldn't be here today in front of you being a therapist, working on a podcast, advocate, advocating for self-love if I didn't know that wasn't part of my story because that kind of led me and gave me action to say, hey, God, you are moving me to something what you have called me to do. And so as much as I hated that experience in my life, it also... Is a gra- I have a gratitude towards it now mm-hmm. because it taught me something. Yeah, It taught me my worth.
1: I agree with that. Um, I agree with that a lot. I, I have more gratitude um, about some of the things I went through in my life all while I was going through it. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be because nobody ever says that they want to go through anything like this. Um, but looking back in hindsight, cause they always say hindsight is 2020, but we probably need to change that now. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, I will definitely say, um, if I wouldn't have went through the things I went through, the people connected to my life would not be able to get what they need. So however your story helps other people, you know, it's kind of like a domino effect. So I de- I definitely agree with that.
0: Yes, our stories are powerful and being able to have the space and permission a safe space to tell our stories is very important. I know and I don't know about you, Reese, but I get asked all the time as a mental health provider, as a therapist, how do I take care of myself when I'm hearing everyone else's story or I'm taking on their that energy of their burdens and their pain? How do I take care of myself? How do you take care of yourself, Reese?
1: This might not be the healthiest thing, but I can definitely say from my childhood trauma, um, I had a hard time, I guess, like just finding my way altogether. And so that created me to compartmentalize things in my life. So that's what I do. Like when I'm at work, when I'm listening to somebody tell me why they're depressed or the things they went through when they got kidnapped or going through foster care and the abuse or whatever else I hear, cause I hear a plethora of things. Um, I just listen with the intent to figure out how I can provide empathy for what they're telling me. But also while I'm thinking about or trying to be empathetic and appear empathetic on the surface, I'm thinking in my head, what medication would I put them on? And to me, by me thinking of that way, of it that way, I'm providing help to them. So that's my superhero cape. That's me coming in to save the day, not to cry with them. While that's a good thing because I have cried with patients or not to um, sympathize with them because then I'm going to take it home with me. But to just say, I've done my due diligence I figured out a medication that I really think is going to make an impact and a difference, and it's only up from here. So we're going to get into therapy, and we're going to do all the things. So that's kind of like how I protect and kind of, in a way, put up that boundary for me. Um, And then my self-care days, of course, and all the money spending that females do. But yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, making sure, you know, you said something
0: like, you know, compartmentalizing, which yes. can be very, especially in our field, being able to compartmentalize because when we hear things, sometimes it trigger us, you know, yeah. we've dealt with violent relationships and toxic relationships, just mm-hmm. like our clients might be dealing with those yes. things and compartmentalizing, knowing, okay, what's best right now, Right, but being able to alright. And now I can take this out 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 that door, out that locked yes. box, and really start facing and working on it and working on ourselves and that healing process. The yes. healing process is oh, boy. so oh, important, but it's not all it's easier said than done. Oh, yes. And it don't always look like a perfect box. No. Locked away and pretty and butterflies around it. Mm-hmm. It can get It's messy as well, but it's a beautiful mess when we are working on ourselves. And, you know, that's the hope as we talk about domestic violence, awareness, month Mm -hmm. is figuring out and and helping with that mess or someone else's mess, even our own.
1: Yes. So tell me about some of your mess in your box. Oh, Lord. I don't think y'all want to know about my box. (laughs) (laughs) My box is a hot mess. Um, I would definitely say... My box, um, as far as domestic violence goes, I was definitely in a relationship in college because my mom always said, like, when you go to college, that's when you meet your people. That's when you meet your lifetime long friends. That's where you'll probably meet your husband. Um, And that's where you'll probably make the long lasting relationships and impacts. But... But that that just wasn't the case for me. I would definitely say everything starts off in the honeymoon phase and everything is great and roses and rainbows. And then I don't know what triggered it. Um, I think they were just having a bad day, my partner at the time, and they came into the dorm room and decided to taunt me and like give me a hard time. I guess, you know, people, they like to pick on and talk to other people to make themselves feel better in the in the moment. But then that turned physical. And then from then on, and this was my freshman year, so I had only been in college for like two months, three months when I got in this relationship and everything was fine. And then. Um, With that incident happened when we got in our first heated argument and then it turned physical from then until my junior year of college, it was nothing but arguments every day, Um, the police being called to the dorm room, uh, threats, physical threats, uh, verbal uh, put-downs. Um, me constantly feeling like I have to run on a hamster wheel. And it got to the point, like at the time I was working at Charlotte Roos and I had a couple that just came up to the counter and they they just wanted to make a purchase. And I was at work and that was the only time I literally felt like I had a break from the relationship. And when they were making the purchase at the time, my partner walked through the door at my job I had no idea how he got up there and he came and he was smiling and just like it, that just kind of made me feel like I couldn't escape him and I just felt overwhelmed and I started busting out crying like when I was checking the people out I was ringing up their stuff and putting it in a bag and I had like snot and tears just running down my face and that was when I knew it really was taking a toll on my mental health being in that relationship and being in that situation I felt like I couldn't escape and I was praying to God I said Lord please if you let me get out this relationship I promise I will never get in another one like this again I was like, Lord, please let us break up. Please let us break up. And that year was the year we we broke up. And I since then, I had never been in another relationship like that. And luckily, I haven't. But I know for other people in other situations, it's just it's not as easy. But three years of that foolishness, I was tired. I was mentally tired, physically tired. No respect. No, just nothing. Nothing. So... That was kind of like a summary of my story. I could go on and on and on, but those were like the highlights. It became physical um, that one time. And then from then on, uh, it was a couple other times that it became physical, but it was mostly like verbal and mental abuse. Um, And then just me just kind of trying to learn how to deal with that mentally on my own. But uh, until I left him and got away from him, I just don't think like I could fully do the work I needed to do to get to where I needed to be because he was still very much so in the picture and every time I saw him that triggered me and then that caused other feelings and emotions to come up and here we go back again arguing so it was like tit for tat type of thing and I was I was done (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a lot and
0: thank you Reese for sharing your story and it yes. takes bravery and courage to, to share our story even if this is years ago oh yeah it's still a lot when we think about it, it to is. be able to tell our story and how we view it what happened mm-hmm. it's hard yeah and it's like you know what I heard is like it's a domino effect it just impacts so many different areas and it breaks you down yes and you start to have I don't know about you but I know I think if I go back and I know I tell my listeners all the time that I have this thing where I feel I've never, I never feel good enough. It's just something yeah. that's just been there. And I think it started when I was in that relationship mm-hmm. of not feeling good enough. Yeah, I could have got out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could say that was it. But when you're in there and you have this hope or, you know, we're taught in, you know, in church or with God, love yeah. that neighbor as yourself and, you know, love them and, you know, learning how that love and not realizing, That's not love. And just because it comes from me, if I'm not getting reciprocated back that love, that doesn't mean that I'm less than or that I'm not worthy, that I have to love myself more. And we have to love ourselves more. But it's hard when we're in situations when people are really attacking us or being very violent. So thank you so much for sharing your story. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Hey guys, this is Kenyetta with Relentless Counseling. Just wanting to step in to talk about Relentless Counseling and how We can help you on your journey to being relentless, helping you on your healing journey of getting to your best self. And we are now entering into fall. Well, actually, we are settled into fall season now. So what is a better way as as the earth cools off? What's a better way to cool off and reduce a lot of your stress that you're going through through therapy? So. Don't miss out on the opportunities to invest in yourself, to prioritize you in your world of chaos with you've got a lot going on in your life. But... You also have a lot going on personally and and, and intuitively and internally. So don't ignore that side of you. It is knocking on that door. Listen to it. Open it. Come visit us on our website at www.relentlesscounseling.com to see what all we have to offer and set up your first appointment. We are waiting for you there. Reese, I can't thank you enough for the strength to share your story with us to get a glimpse of how domestic violence can play out. That it don't always start out with the physical violence or verbal abuse. That it starts off like, "Hey, everything's happy. I'm in love. I, you know, we really like each other. We have so much in common." And then mm-hmm. it could switch sometimes right away, yeah. or sometimes it could be a gradual switch where you don't even you don't even know it's coming. So thank you for sharing that, and then. Being able to be in public, and I don't know if it was a turning point for you, but mm-hmm. having that breakdown of seeing him come in your store that you're working mm-hmm. in front of customers yeah. to be like, wow, okay, wait a minute, this is a lot, and have that breakdown. And sometimes yes. we look at it like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing, or how did this happen? But we never know how God uses certain things to say, hey, I need you to come to me. I need you to trust me. Yes. I need to be this shift for you to let you know that, mm-hmm. hey, you have worth and you don't have to deal with this anymore. Right. And that God can turn anything we go through around, no matter how big, bad the situation, or even if we think that, hey, we put ourselves in this situation. Because a lot of times in this situation, we don't put ourselves in this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we not, we're we not at, well, I don't think anyone asks for it. No. And so... <laughs> It's just, it's just. Thank you, yeah. thank you for sh- for sharing that because you never know who's listening right now right. and how they can relate to our stories and inspire them, inspire them to take action and move and love on themselves or inspire people like us to love on our sister more, yeah. to love on that neighbor more who we know. That are going through. We, we can't change it. We can't fix it. Relentless family. But what we can do. Is plant a seed. Or know that yes. someone. Is there supporting us. And loving us. I know when I was going through it. My best friend. She was like. You got to get out of this. Don't do this. You don't need to do this. I can't stand this. Yes. But I kept going. I yes. kept staying. I kept going back. And there was mm-hmm. nothing that she could do. Change it. But when she set a boundary for me mm-hmm. okay i can't keep doing it. i can't keep seeing you hurt i can't see, keep seeing you crying but know that i love you yes. i just knew that she loved me and that she was there for me and that she got me right. but i gotta get myself i gotta i gotta pick it up i gotta make that decision yes and it's on your time when you're ready to make that decision so thank you again i can't thank you yes. enough But definitely we want to talk about domestic violence. A lot of times people don't even know exactly what domestic violence Mm -hmm. is. And so we want to define domestic violence or what do we mean when we say domestic. Some people call it DV, Uh but what it stands for is domestic violence it is a pattern of abusive behavior. In any relationship that is used by one partner to gain or maintain power and control over another partner. Mm -hmm. This can happen in so many different ways. When we talk about abuse and we really talk about domestic violence, the first thing we think of always is the physical. Yes. All right. This person is hitting someone. So that means they're in a domestic violence um, situation or relationship. But that don't always mean that. Mm-hmm. You can be in a domestic violence re- relationship or a domestic violence situation when that abuse comes emotionally, yeah. spiritually, mm-hmm. mentally, and even financially. Yes. And this can look different. This can be very subtle, mm-hmm. or this can be very wide open and very direct. And we got to identify like, hey, no, if someone's trying to take control over you or maintain and maintain power over you, that is abuse. Mm -hmm. When someone is doing something to you and you don't like and they continue to do it, that is abuse. That is a manipulation or trying to gain power over you. And that's why we consider, you know, we have domestic violent relationships that are abusive But then we don't really talk about toxic relationships when they can really parallel each other. Mm -hmm. It may not be the abuse of physically, they may not be dogging you out, but they're gaslighting Mm -hmm. you every single day. Are they using you, cheating on you? These things are toxic, but can lead to more toxicity and deeper toxic relationships. If we're not careful, it could lead to you becoming into a domestic violence situation. Yes because that means there's no boundaries
1: right?
0: and we teach people how to treat us
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we want to make sure that we are teaching people how to treat us not teaching people how to walk over us either mm-hmm. and so there's a balance and it's part of the healing journey part of setting boundaries and it's part of what we talk about on an everyday basis loving ourselves mm-hmm. unconditionally domestic violence is a worldwide issue it is a humanity issue would
1: you agree reese i do agree definitely
0: we're dealing with humanity and not really treating each other with respect no mm-hmm. like we you know we believe in our faith that love each other as we love god or love now i forgot what the saying goes <laughs> uh, time to cheat <laughs> yeah so you know we love on each other and love our neighbor as thyself thank you yes. i finally got it mm-hmm. but love our love our neighbor as thyself and we're not, we haven't really been practicing that decades after decades. We've been seeing violence way past our own generation, way mm-hmm. past our parents' generation, all the way back to Stone Ages, yes. Um, you know, I love Game of Thrones. They talk about that in medieval times of violent nature and how we treat women. And it's not just women that is dealing with domestic violence. Men are dealing with domestic violence as well. We just seen a whole big picture of that on the news a court, a whole two-year court, um, mm-hmm. hearing with, with, um, Johnny Depp and, oh, yes. and I don't know if she's so irrelevant oh, to me, Amber, whatever her name is. Yes. Um, we, um, you know, have these things that come out. So it's a worldwide issue. Mm-hmm. And nationally, in, in our country, we deal with it a lot on a daily basis. And I want to read you guys some statistics from the, um, central of disease, um, the CDC national centers of disease control and prevention and what they report. And this report that I'm about to give you guys, I don't even think it's the real numbers because these are just what is reported, Mm -hmm. not for the women that don't report, or you don't hear about, this is just what is reported. And these numbers are astronomical to me. So according again, according to national centers for disease control and prevention, These are the rates that are reported for intimate partner violence, which is domestic violence. Approximately one in four women, that is 23.2% of our population in the country, and one in seven men, that is 13.9%, have experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Approximately one in 10 women, 99.7% and one in 43 men, that is 2.3% have experienced talking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. This is all under that umbrella of Mm. domestic violence. Mm -hmm. One in six women and one in 14 men have experienced contact sexual violence by an intimate partner. Approximately one in two women Which that is 47.1%, and one in two men, 47.3%, have experienced psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. So, abuse is not, physical abuse is not even the bigger picture here. Mm -hmm. This psychological aggression is even worse that we're experiencing as a, as human beings mm-hmm. and approximately one in three women and one in two men have experienced coercive control by intimate partner in their lifetime. This is a serious issue that we are dealing with worldwide, nationwide. Mm-hmm. Now I want to break this down a little more in the context of ethnicity and what, what group is experiencing this. of Black women and 40.1% of Black men have reported contact sexual violence, physical violence, and are stalking in their lifetime. Guys, we're at the top of this number in our community. Mm -hmm. Is that shocking to you? That is, it's not shocking to me, but it's very hurtful that this is what we're doing and what we're experiencing just alone in our community. We're at 45.1% and 40.1%. That is almost half. Mm -hmm. Now, 37.3% of white women, 30.3% of non-Hispanic white men experience this sexual violence, physical violence or stalking in their lifetime. 34.4% of Hispanic women and 30% of Hispanic men experience it. And then 18.3% of Asian or Pacific Islander women and 13.7% of Asian or Pacific Islander men experience this Mm -hmm. This is a big deal. It is. We got to get a handle on it. That's why we have October. We have this month where we're making awareness of it. That's why we have to Mm -hmm. talk about these topics more to get it out in the open where it's not taboo and that we're not stigmatizing people who are in this population Mm -hmm. who are not victims, but who are surviving. Mm -hmm. I want to be able my goal in life and just be able to help people. But I want to get people to a point where they are thriving, that Mm -hmm. we can get out of that survival mentality. And we're talking about women and men, but you know what? Our children and teens are impacted by domestic violence as well. Now I'm not even going to get into teen violence because that's a whole nother episode by itself to talk Mm -hmm. about teen violence and the impact that has on them. And before I talk about statistics of how children and teens are impacted by domestic violence with women and men, I want to say that these numbers may have increased due to COVID. Mm -hmm. We had a whole year or almost two years really at home, jobs, you know, being, you know, taken away because of COVID, our finances struggle. Yes. So this increased this violent nature and this mm-hmm. violent behavior because we're not dealing with our pain. We're right. not in that healing mess because we're avoiding it. We're running from it. Anxiety, all the mental health is it climbing. We're in an epidemic. We're, that's a pandemic by itself. Mm-hmm. And COVID didn't make our domestic violence population any better these Mm -hmm. women and men who are just trying to survive it made it worse for them Mm -hmm. and so when we talk about children and teen let's look at these astronomic numbers Mm -hmm. 17.9 percent of children of all ages have been exposed to physical intimate partner violence in their lifetime or let's put this this percentage into more numbers for you where where it can really hone into home 13.6 million children. There is not a day that I don't y'all know I work at a hospital. I work at a children's hospital. Every single day I go in there. Many, when I say many of the cases I see kids that have dealt with trauma, Mm -hmm. whether not just abuse, child abuse, things of that nature, but sexual abuse by adults are in relationship with their boyfriends or girlfriends, or same-sex relationships, and they're dealing with violent nature or violent thing. Are they seen their parents be in violent situations it's 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 horrific and approximately 3,500 to 4 4,000 children witness fatal family violence each year in the United States and when we say fatal family violence I mean they lost a parent mm-hmm. to vi- to family violence or domestic violence Not that they lost and they weren't there. They actually witnessed this death. And there are stories and and articles and news reports of even not just the parent losing their life, but the message that they kill the child, too, or the children, Mm -hmm. too. And we hear these stories and we see these things on movies or, or different things, but it's real life. This is happening. And among high school students who dated, 21% of females and 10% of males have experienced physical and or sexual dating violence. This is impacting us in so many different areas, not just the woman or the man, but the children that are involved. And it also makes it even harder to leave. And we're going to tell a story about that in a minute, about that it's not easy to just walk away there's other things that impacts that. And speaking of one other thing that these statistics that the CDC report is that with housing and according to the National Network to End Domestic Violence, that domestic violence is the leading cause of homelessness for women and children. Over 90% of homeless women have experienced severe physical or sexual violence at some point in their lives. And 63%, that is over half, have been victims of intimate partner violence as an adult. Mm-hmm. Over 80% of survivors entering shelters identified finding housing I can afford as a need second only to safety for myself. This mm-hmm. is a pandemic that is not just walking away, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. We're going to take another quick break, but we're going to get into how our conversation, when we break down our conversations about domestic violence, how that can impact, whether that helps mm-hmm. where we're providing love and support, or are we providing more harm in how we talk about this in the circles that we're in.
1: Yes, going into the um the children, I wanted to share the story cuz I know a lot of people have uh, been watching P Valley and uh Miss Mississippi, everybody saw her story about like how she came from Family, I think with a one parent was her father, father remarried, um, got a wife who had two daughters and they were looked at as special or higher than her. So they got the special treatment and so did their mom. And so she felt like unwanted, and then all of a sudden there was this boy. So Miss Mississippi was black, for those of you guys that don't watch Pea Valley. And the boy she got attention from at the time was a white male, and they went to prom together, and she was treated basically like Cinderella in the story. Um, and then she got her one night out, and she was so beautiful. They went out to prom. Everything was fine. And then he took her back home. He was the perfect gentleman. Of course, some other things took place. And then that ended up being the person that she married because um, he gave her attention and he made her feel wanted and he felt a void. Well, She also filled a void for him too because he had a bad reputation of being the one to always fight all the time or have anger issues and he was also a football player and a jock and it will, like, when you watch P-Valley, it'll it'll go and show, like, how they progressed to where they are now. They had kids together and he he became physically violent towards her. He would punch her in the face, kick her in the face, um, you know, verbally abuse her, uh, put restraints on what she could do, where she could go, who she could be, with and in the um in the show, she was a stripper, well, she struck for money, um but he didn't want her traveling anymore, so he told her she couldn't do that, made her stay home with the kids. Well, one, one day, like he, after he hit her, he let her go out, I guess that to make up for him hitting her. And while she was out, you know, stripping and they were on tour, he was abusing the kid and he had took a a iron. Like everybody know that watch good times. Like Penny got scolded with the iron. He got scolded with the iron and the kid was only three And, uh, when she came back and she took the kid to the doctor, that's when she found out that, that they were being abused while she wasn't there. And the doctor was asking her, do you want me to call CPS or looking at her? Like, did she know about this? And she didn't. And so she confronted him and he apologized and, but then he became more violent and then he hit her. Then he came back and apologized again. And the time that she actually thought she was going to get away. And she had money and cash and everything. She had a whole plan. She dropped the kids off to her mom's house. And he he heard about it through the grapevine, picked up the kids from her her mom's house. And by the time she got to the house to kind of get the kids, he was already there. And CPS was also there. And he made it look like the abuse was coming from her. And at that point she just snapped because they were together since high school and she had been putting up with his mess since then. And it made her look aggressive and unfit to be a mother. And she went to jail and that's where the season ended. So for anybody that, you know, is going to watch it, I'm sorry, I spoiled it, but for a good reason. So just to show you guys, like she stayed in that relationship because he filled a void he he filled a void from her childhood and from her current situation but it wasn't a healthy one but it wasn't that easy to leave once they had children and so now she instead of reporting him now she's (coughs) caught up in the foolishness and locked up in jail and now she can't get out right now so it's hard
0: yeah, it's very hard, and you know, even though we're talking about a show, yeah, but this is what happens in real life. Can you imagine? We if they really looked at the statistics of women who are in prison right now, mm-hmm. of how much they'll find domestic violence had something to do with that, that they were just trying to protect themselves or survive, and then they get yeah. in trouble,
1: yeah, and
0: then the the perpetrator, the pain, they get to live free, yeah, because no one's looking at it that way. I remember when going through my domestic violence, when police were called, I'm getting choked out, but there was a bruise on my neck. Mm-hmm. I'm, of course, defending myself, so I'm scratching him, trying to have for him to get off of me. The police told me that because they weren't here, and then they'll have to press charges against both of us. Oh. And so it made me feel like, okay, well, I can't press charges. I didn't do anything wrong, so I, I let it go because I couldn't press charges. It's, it's, Domestic it's not easy. It's not a lot of protection out there Mm -hmm. in this situation. We see that in P Valley with Miss Mississippi what's her name, Miss Mississippi. Mississippi. And it happens. Domestic violence is not an unfamiliar story, right? It's a familiar story. Whether we've experienced it or not, we all know someone. Look at these six one in four females, one in seven men, we know someone who's experienced it. Right. But how are we talking about domestic violence in our circles? How have you heard in your different circles when domestic violence come up? Are we watching a movie talking about domestic violence? Are we seeing a woman being abused? What comes up for you? What comes up in those conversations?
1: I think for me, the most famous one is Ike and Tina Turner. And everybody loves to, you know, laugh because, you know, everybody's seen that movie like a million times. Eat the cake anime. Yeah, eat the cake anime or sing it like I told you to sing it, anime. You know, that type of thing. And I get it. Like, it it is entertaining, but not for her in that moment and in the real context of the scene or the situation that she was in. That was her life. Like she had to come home to this man every day and fear for her life until the very end of the movie when she finally like stood up for herself and, you know, he was, he didn't want to, once she actually did that, he didn't want to go up against all that. But it's just, it's so hard um, to, I guess, start a conversation because I don't know if people know what to do or if they're intimidated hearing something like that and they're like, oh, I'm not qualified to do anything or I I don't know what to say or it may make them feel uncomfortable. So they're just like, I can give you so-and-so number. I can, you know, encourage you to go to therapy, which are all good things. But I'm just like, if we could, I guess, take the anxiety and the uncomfortableness out of it and just treat it like we're having a conversation about somebody cheating on us, I think it'd be way more easier to start that conversation guide that conversation and you know, end that conversation or continue the conversation without like making it awkward for people. Yeah. And I know in my conversations that
0: I've heard mm-hmm. and you know a lot you know, everyone don't know my story. I'm
1: now opening up more about my story.
0: But yeah. you know, you like, oh, that person's stupid for Allowing a man to hit them or allowing themselves to be in this relationship type of relationship. I would never never be in a relationship like that. And to be honest, I was that girl at one point. Yeah. And I, I would never we you can never say never yes. we don't know what we're going to be in or what experience nope. that we're going to take because we can't control other people and we don't know what other people are going through even our loved ones mm-hmm. even the people that we think we know the most we don't know so when we are in these circles and we're just having conversations talking about our, we see someone else experiencing we're talking to our friend our best friend our brothers our sisters or whoever you might be talking to someone who actually is experiencing it and right. you don't know. There gonna be mm-hmm. people like, oh my god, I never would have known that 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 you was going through that, or that, oh, is that what such and such do to you? I never knew because it ain't out in the open. Yeah,
1: you don't see,
0: you know, you don't always see the violence in public spaces. They usually do these things uh-huh. in it behind closed doors. And when we say, oh, I would have noticed that from a mile away, well, you may not. Every domestic violence situation, a relationship, it starts differently, and then mm-hmm. there are these um perpetrators are abusers that they learn different ways. And this term that we use called grooming, mm-hmm. that they groom their, I do not like to use the word victim, but in this case, we could use the word victim. Um, they groom their victims, they groom their, their partners where they start separating them slowly, gradually, you don't even realize they're doing it, separating them from their family. From them, their friends, so they're already isolated. And then maybe they come back around to you, or maybe you don't know that they've been isolated and withdrawn, and then they come and talk to you, or y'all just having this conversation, an example of Johnny Depp situation or what? Tina Turner or whatever situation comes up about abuse, and you make these comments.
1: Right.
0: You're pushing them more away. Right. We have to do a better job in how we show compassion to other people and that's in anything not just we talk about domestic violence today but in anything being able to show compassion and if we don't know what to say it's okay to be silent or just be like you know what i hope that person finds their worth Mm -hmm. and maybe all i could do is pray for them or maybe i could just plant a seed and just say you know what i love you or give someone a smile these are simple things that we can do or give them the number to the national domestic violence mm-hmm. hotline where they know the resources right. are finding just like, Hey, if I just need to be a listening ear, I can mm-hmm. be that listening ear for that moment. Right. Still having your boundaries. I know it's hard right. because it's hard for them to walk away too, mm-hmm. but being able to show compassion.
1: Yes.
0: Now we have talked a lot about domestic violence today. We've talked about statistics on how this is impacting different areas of our lives of women, men, and children. And even though while we're talking about this, there is gonna be someone who's listening who's mm-hmm. experiencing domestic violence right now as we speak. There are people who are healing, who are thriving now from domestic violence. And there's people who are just now walking away and they're picking up the pieces. We have so many different people that are talk that are dealing with in different areas. Then we have someone who may have a best friend or a mother or a father who's dealing with domestic violence. So we want to make sure that you know where to go to get the help that you need. So I'm going to give you a few numbers. So those who need to write this down, I will go as slow as necessary that you need to write these numbers down. And of course, you can always replay this to get these numbers as well. And I will put them on my website also. I'm sorry, not my website, but on my Facebook and Instagram pages. All right. The National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is 1-800-799-7233. The National Dating Abuse Helpline is one 331 9474 We also have a National Resource Center on Domestic Violence. So this is where you can find a lot of resources as well. And that number is one 800 537-2238. You may not need this number, but you're going to have someone that you may know that might need this number. So when these stories come up or when you're in these circles, you have resources you can give them. You have a seed that you can plant. It's not our job to fix it. It's not our job to throw it down and force them to because they may not be ready. And it's actually more dangerous for them to leave sometimes then stay. So sometimes it may not be the right time to leave, but you giving them a number, letting them know that they have the right and there's research out there that they can leave, that makes a difference. And that shows that you love them and that you care. Mm -hmm. And we want to show our love and our gratitude for our listeners and for those who are experiencing domestic violence right now as we speak. And if you're listening to this, we love you we care about you we are praying for you we are there with you and we want to be like hey you have support and you have power behind you and we're going to do our part to help you as well with the we want to end domestic violence yes like i said this is a humanity problem mm-hmm. and i'm human you're human and if you're going through it we're going through it too Your pain is our pain and you want to stop it. We want to stop it. So we're going to do our part and we're going to actually say a pledge of what we can do as a whole to do our part in stopping domestic violence. Reese and I are going to read this pledge together. It is not my intentions to cause you any harm. I am making the choice today not to cause you pain not to look down on you, mistreat you, or violate you, mentally, physically, sexually, nor spiritually. I choose to motivate you, encourage you, empower you, and to inspire you. You are my sister, my brother, my mother, my father, my love, my friend together we can change the world i make the choice today to do my part to put an end to domestic violence thank you so much reese for being with us today we are so happy and honored to have you and the work that you do in the mental health field of making sure that we are getting the right medication for those who need medication that we are promoting positive and healthy mental health lives And also our spiritual work. Yes, That's part of our mental too, I believe. These are the biggest foundations. Physical, mental, and our spiritual foundations are the biggest part. When one is off, we are all off. And there may be someone out there that is listening who is actually an abuser. Yes. Whether you're a woman or a male, you might be going through your pain so much that where this is all you know. Mm -hmm. You know, there's compassion for you too. There is healing for you too. And this can be that step for you to heal to be able to get to your best self and love yourself better so that way you can learn how to love others and allow other people to love you. So we pray for you too. You are in our thoughts, our mind, we're and those resources can be used for you too. There are there is actually help out there mm-hmm. for the abuse for yes. the abuser. And going to those resource places that I mentioned can also get you those resources as well. So we don't leave anyone out. We are not discriminative. Mm -hmm. And just as much as our survivors from domestic violence need to heal, it's just as much as our abusers need to heal. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we put all the pressure on the people who are going through and we forget that there's also pain on the other side that we never may never have learned how to heal from and heal from our past. Where like, you know, we talk about, breaking generational curses. Mm-hmm. This is part of breaking that generational curse. We don't have to start with just a generation after us. Mm-hmm. We can go back and heal and help yes. the generations before us too. Mm-hmm. That's part of our job. That's part of our purpose and our calling and how we come together as a, as, as humanity and human nature to heal and love on each other. Mm-hmm. As we heal and love on ourselves, it is, it's going to spread like wildfire, wildfire flower to heal and love on other people, right. including those who has done us wrong. The person that I was in a relationship with, I wish him the very best and a yes. happy and wonderful life. I am grateful for the time that we had because I learned something about myself as well. And Reese, I'm hoping and praying for the same to you that there was healing oh, and peace yes. in your piece. relationship.
1: Yes. Yes. Lots of things that I learned about myself and what I want and what I don't want in a relationship. Thankful for that time so that I don't have to go through that in my later years. So Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, Relentless family, we have completed another Thursday. We are so happy every Thursday to be with you, to walk our Relentless journey together. We love you. Please remember to share this with your family, friends, a stranger, your colleagues. Share this episode. Share our podcast. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you love about it. And, you know, we're vulnerable. We're open. Let us know what we can do better. And we will adhere to that and be open to that because we want to continue our Relentless journey have a great rest of your rest of your weekend and we will talk soon so bye for now. Thank you for joining Relentless Thursdays. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us your feedback and remember to subscribe to this podcast to never miss a moment in our relentless behavior to our best self. We can't wait Till next week and all the weeks to come with our Relentless Behavior on Relentless Thursdays podcast. Talk to you soon.